Thanks for downloading this History Hub podcast. In this episode, a recording from the 2014 Tudor and Stuart Ireland Conference, which was held at NUI Maynooth. The conference, now in its fourth year, was generously supported by the UCD School of History and Archives, UCD Research, Marsh's Library, Graduate Studies at NUI Maynooth, and the Department of History at NUI Maynooth. This podcast features a paper by Derville McCluskey Hutchinson of the University of Ulster. Her paper was entitled Tristram Beresford and the Plantation of Ulster. Despite a recent surge in historical works on the plantation of Ulster, the role of the individual in the scheme has been largely neglected. This paper aims to address that gap by investigating Tristram Beresford's role on the Londonderry plantation. As resident agent to the city of London and through his own efforts as a planter, Beresford played a crucial if largely neglected part in the project. Thus, this paper will examine the expansion of the Londonderry Plantation from 1609 to 1641 and analyse Beresford's role therein. As well as considering his role as agent and planter, it will investigate Beresford's relationship with his Ulster-based peers and London-based employers. Little is known of, the, of Beresford's early life. Born in Kent around 1574 to Michael Beresford, and Rose Nevitt, their third son, the young Beresford, like many of his ambitious Ireland-bound peers, sorry, contemporaries, looked to the kingdom for opportunities to advance his own political and economic ambitions. One such occasion presented itself in 1609. Although not included in King James' original plans for the scheme, the financial necessity of finding wealthy investors prompted him in May 1609 to invite the Londoners to play a significant role. Despite reservations on the study's part, negotiations proceeded and on the 30th of January 1609, both parties concluded an agreement which signalled the study's willingness to undertake the plantation of County Coleraine. By virtue of the settlement, the county became County Londonderry and a new company, the Society of the Governors and Assistants London of the new plantation in Ulster within the realm of Ireland came into being. The Honourable Irish Society, as it eventually became known, consisted of a governor, a deputy governor and 24 assistants, all charged with the management of the plantation. Nonetheless, the society's location in London warranted the need for a resident agent. The election of John Rowley as chief agent with Beresford as his deputy marked the latter's entrance into Irish politics. Their arrival in Ireland on the 20th of May 1611 furthermore represented an important stage in the city's plantation. Hereafter, work immediately began on the citadels of Coleraine and Londonderry. By August 1611, the city had 527 workmen with 49 horses and 37 oxen in its pay in the county and within three months it had almost fulfilled its, the Crown's stipulation to build 100 houses at Coleraine. Despite this promising beginning, however, a number of significant obstacles soon presented themselves. Crucially, and in spite of the significant outlays by the city, a lack of capital had impeded progress. The failure to pay wages meant that work had essentially come to a halt. Existing opposing interests, particularly in Londonderry, also stifled progress, problems further compounded by ongoing native resistance throughout the county. In response to these difficulties, and amid reports of misconduct on the part of their agents, the Irish Society made the decision to launch their own inquiry in June 1613. Two months later, Alderman George Smith and Matthias Springham, the two commissioners appointed by the city, arrived in the country. In the months that followed, Smith and Springham conducted a thorough survey of the city's plantation, documenting their findings in a report dated the 15th of October 1613. On the whole, the commissioners found both Rowley and Beresford guilty of gross misconduct, 
including corruption and waste. As well as selfishly promoting their own interests in the scheme, the commissioners accused the pair of wasting materials and funds, thus prejudicing the city's interests. Despite these findings, however, and in spite of Rowley's subsequent dismissal, Beresford not only retained his position, but became chief agent in Rowley's stead. In this capacity, he assumed a number of responsibilities. As well as overseeing the general management of Londonderry and Coleraine, the new chief agent also proved pivotal to the establishment of the company's schemes in their country lands. Following the division of country lands among the 12 principal companies in December 1613, each company was obliged to fulfil a number of conditions, as recorded in the Articles of Plantation of April 1610. Although the city's plantation can be considered a special case within the wider scheme, the Crown still expected the Londoners to fulfil these stipulations. The surviving records of several companies demonstrate their reliance on Beresford's help in fulfilling these conditions. Numerous exchanges between the companies and their new agents include instructions requiring them to immediately meet with Beresford once resident in Ulster. As well as receiving access to their lands, the agents also received instructions to seek Beresford's advice on how to proceed thereafter. The grocer's company, writing to their agent, Anthony Chelborn, advised him, after your arrival there, repair to Mr Tristan Beresford, principal agent for the City of London. Furthermore, an exchange from the merchant tailors to their agent, George Costerman, urged him to repair to Mr Beresford, the City's agent, a man of whom we have good concept, and unto whom we have written, entreating him to give you his best advice and counsel for the ordering of our particular plantation for the best situation and convenient place for our building. Thus, Beresford played an important role in influencing the location of many of the plantation villages. This is also evident in the, record of the, gro- the records of the grocers, fishmongers, ironmongers, goldsmiths and haberdashers. Furthermore, the agents also sought Beresford's advice when making decisions about future, re- future tenants and suitable rents. On the 16th of February 1613, the Goldsmiths Company wrote to their agent, Robert Glynn, advising him to speak with Mr Beresford, the city's agent, who will give you the names of the present tenants and the rents they pay now. As well as providing advice for the companies in these formative years, Beresford also assumed the unofficial role of the company's treasurer in the county, transferring rents to London by bills of exchange. Moreover, many of the companies entrusted him with the task of managing their accounts, so to develop their estates. Thus, when agents required money for building or materials, they repaired to the city's agents, sorry, the city's agent rather than the companies themselves. For example, the goldsmiths instructed their agent, for such money as you shall occasion to expend in this business, we have written to Mr Beresford to furnish it, while the merchant tailors advised Cosserden, for your present supply of money we have written to Mr Beresford. Given Beresford's arrival in the country several years prior to the division of country lands, by 1613 he had obtained a knowledge of the local terrain and also local labourers, which proved invaluable to the companies. Therefore, as well as advising suitable locations for estates, the company sought his opinion before employing any workmen. Moreover, his experience in developing the county towns also enabled him to assist in the construction of company buildings, providing suggestions, for example, of suitable measurements and materials. Thus, the city's agent played an important role in the establishment of the country estates in these formative years. In subsequent years, however, Beresford continued to to provide valuable advice to the companies, notably by updating them on the progress of their proportions. 
For, an ex for example, in a letter to the grocers dated the 27th of May 1623, Beresford provided the company with a particular of such buildings as are performed within your proportion of lands, before concluding that their agent, Mr Harrington, hath performed, plantation, hath performed well plantation upon your lands. Thus, Beresford's presence in Ulster enabled the absentee companies to manage their estates and hold, them, hold their agents to account on progress or lack of. The survival of these records enables further insight into developments throughout these years and when combined with other contemporary sources, notably Painter's survey of 1618-19 and the Philip Hadzer survey of 1622, they facilitate a more complete account of the project. Although proactive in advancing the country lands throughout the project, Beresford's principal responsibility remained the development of Coleraine and Londonderry. In the aftermath of Smith's and Springham Survey 1613 and a subsequent promotion as chief agent for the city, Beresford took up residence in Coleraine where he was nominated as mayor. Thus the agent remained at the centre of local administration and politics in the town. In the years that followed, construction continued in both towns. Smith's and Springham reporting in 1613 had found 116 houses at Coleraine but only 35 in Londonderry. Thus, much work remained in order to fulfil the Crown's conditions. Moreover, successive instructions from the Crown and the City reinforced the need to supply colonists for the plantation. In an attempt to measure progress since their last commission, the City announced their intention for another inquiry in March 1616. Once more, this was undertaken by Matthias Springham, accompanied this time by Alderman Peter Proby, Governor of the Irish Society. Arriving in Ireland a few months later, the pair repaired to Dublin before making their way to Londonderry, where they immediately began their investigations. The report of the commissioners published in October 1616 revealed significant progress in some aspects of the scheme, notably construction in Londonderry, where the number of houses had increased from 35 to 215. In contrast, little work had been completed in Coleraine since 1613, and previous errors in construction were now making an unwelcome appearance. Furthermore, the population of both towns had barely changed. Responding to accusations previously made by John Wilkinson, the late recorder of Coleraine, that charged the city, notably Beresford, with negligence, the commissioners met with the townspeople of Coleraine. Although these charges had been dismissed by the Privy Council, Proby and Springham wished to resolve any discontent among settlers. Following their meeting with the townspeople, they were able to confirm that these allegations were indeed false. Overall, the commissioners reported that most of the misconduct recorded in the former report had disappeared. However, they did note that Beresford's position as Mayor of Coleraine had hindered progress in Londonderry as the agent rarely visited the town. Thus, despite successfully assisting the establishment of the company's estates and the erection of the fortifications in both towns, Beresford had nonetheless neglected important aspects of his job, not least the importation of British settlers into the county. In fact, a report from Sir Thomas Phillips in 1613 accused Beresford of encouraging the native Irish to remain. Although not without foundation, these allegations should be seen in the context of the agent's tumultuous relationship with Phillips. In a letter to Davy Mulhall in January 1611, Beresford instructed him to resist interfering with the city's workmen. Mulhall consequently, on Phillips' orders, had attempted to prohibit the cutting down of timber and the making of pipe stays for merchandise. Thereafter, Phillips also received instructions directly from the Irish Society ordering him to desist from meddling in their affairs. Thus, Phillips, originally one of the principal proponents of the city's plantation, became its most transient critic, which would have an enormous impact on the Londonderry plantation in subsequent years. 
As well as performing the role of the city's agent in Londonderry throughout this period, Beresford also engaged in his own activities as a planter. Although there is little record of his own small 1,000-acre estate, Beresford also acted as agent for the Haberdashers' Company under the direction of Adrian Murr and William Freeman. In this capacity, he once again performed a number of responsibilities, notably the construction of buildings and the import of British settlers. In fact, in this role, Beresford demonstrated his real and invaluable commitment to the plantation. In several exchanges between the agent and his employers in 1614 and 15, Beresford questioned his orders to make many small houses with bonds rather than any great castle of stone. Finally, after several letters from Beresford, wherein he demonstrated his desire to uphold the Articles of Plantation, Murr and Freeman agreed to fulfil His Majesty's expectations, thereby instructing Beresford to continue as he saw fit. Contrary to accusations later made by Phillips, therefore, the agent proved dedicated in progressing the Crown's plantation in Ulster. Moreover, Beresford's efforts to secure freeholders for the Haberdashers' company proved pivotal in advancing another aspect of the scheme. By virtue of the Londonderry Charter, each company retained the right to establish a manor on their estate. However, they were, were required to secure five freeholders before conveyance could be made. Accordingly, Beresford's 1615 agreements with John Cook and Edward Warren proved crucial to this process. In fact, as acting attorney for several of the companies, including the goldsmiths, ironmongers, merchant tailors and grocers, Beresford assisted the transfer of manors from the Irish Society to the individual companies, thereby facilitating the establishment of a manorial society in the county. The agent's possession of a freehold on the merchant tailors and, the late, and later the Skinner's proportion further, further facilitated these developments. Throughout these formative years, therefore, Tristan Beresford played an important role in advancing many aspects of the city scheme. As the plantation progressed, however, this role became increasingly preoccupied with maintaining rather than further developing the project. Following successive Crown-sponsored surveys highlighting a lack of progress, Beresford, his Ulster-based peers and his London employers all came under mounting pressure from the Irish Society to explain their actions. Moreover, the agent's long-standing opponent, Sir Thomas Phillips, remained committed to galvanising Crown suspicions of the city. Beresford, right in defensively in March 1623, exclaimed, The Lontoners are purchasers, not planters. Charles I's accession to the throne in March 1625 only raised tensions, not least because he did not share his father's ideological vision of plantation, viewing it simply as a means to derive profit. Orders from the Privy Council in 1625 directed sequestrators to seize the city's rent in County Londonderry, yet Beresford stifled their plan by gathering the monies himself and transferring them to London. Thus, in the years that followed, the agent found himself increasingly at odds with the Crown and its officials. As a result of the Star Chamber trial, during which Phillips likened the agent's tyranny to the Spanish Inquisition, the Crown seized the city's possessions in Ulster. Although restored again in 1641, there is little record of Beresford in the years that followed, although evidence confirms that he did survive the 1641 rebellion and died in Coleraine a few years later. To conclude, Tristan Beresford played an important role in the Londonderry plantation throughout its formative years until the Star Chamber Proceedings of 1635. Despite the 1613 commission which charged the agent with gross misconduct, Beresford's interests appear to have evolved as the plantation progressed. As resident agent for the city, he proved crucial in developing many aspects of the scheme, notably the development of the citadels of Londonderry and Coleraine. 
Moreover, in spite of a statement in 1623 which underplayed the city's obligations as planters, Beresford himself did prove committed to the Crown's articles of plantation, as illustrated in correspondence between himself and many of the companies. The agent's biggest error perhaps proved making an opponent as formidable as Sir Thomas Phillips. Thank you.